What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Chaos in Christ podcast. I'm your host, Alexi Felix. I thank you for hanging out with me and obviously just taking the time out of your day to hear me out in my point of view. And I hope that in some way, if it doesn't at all bless you, it gives you a new perspective to think about. And so if you appreciate these conversations, um, I would just say, you know, consider subscribing, following this podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast on if you would be so kind as to subscribe and to leave a review, obviously, I want to connect and impact other people with a perspective that's biblical, that points back to Christ and gives you hope. And that's my desire. Uh, and that's what that's why I do this podcast. So consider doing that review, follow, share. It means a ton. All right, enough of the shameless plug. Let me go ahead and get into the topic at hand. Clearly, the culture has been responding to what has happened with the leaked information about the Supreme Court looking to overrule the current Roe versus Wade case and basically overturning it. So this has obviously caused an uproar on the left and obviously on the right. One side's cheering, the other side is losing their minds, but that's I'm not looking to get into the history of Roe versus Wade. I'm not looking to talk about how egregious it is to know that the Supreme Court had a leak. That is a very bad situation that we're dealing with, and I don't think people understand that, but that's not my point. My point is really in the response with my people, people that I've followed, people that I've hung out with, people that I've had a beer with in the past, people that I've you know just laughed with or maybe even disagreed with or once new in my life, and what they're sharing on social media. And let me just preface this by saying, I got love for you. I really do. I got love for you because at some point, again, like I mentioned, you and I laughed together. You and I had a beer together. You and I shared some uh, amazing times, probably cried some tears with one another. We are not always going to agree. We're not always going to agree with one another. But I want to get to a place where we can disagree and still shake hands. And that's really what I, that's what I want to do, okay? But that doesn't mean I'm going to shy away from telling the truth. It shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't cause us to have to divide so severely as I've seen so prevalently in our culture today. We are divided amongst parties and amongst uh, ideologies and, you know, wherever you find yourself, you're going to be on that side. Now, I agree, there is no neutrality. I do believe that. There is something you must take a stand for and um, or, you know, you'll fall for anything, right? That, that old saying. But I, at the end of the day, though, I'm not looking to cancel you out of my life. I will definitely, with love, disagree with you. I will definitely, in love, tell you the truth. But, but by all means, if you completely reject me, then all I can do truly is pray for you. And if you continue to want to be my friend, I will continue to speak the truth in love I, I have no hate towards you, all right? I just need to preface that with that because we are living in a time where we can't be friends <laughs> if we completely disagree, which I think is very weak and soft in my opinion. I think that's weak and we should be able to communicate with one another, debate and disagree and learn to be people that can control their emotions and be cordial and then move on. But I digress. What I've been seeing is some interesting memes, some funny ones 
Um, but some some memes that are just straw man like they just pick on specific scenarios and reasons and what you can or cannot do. And I just see a lot of loopholes, a lot of hypocritical statements that I just don't think aligns as much as what the left or the liberal or that side of the aisle has said even in just recent weeks. So, for example, I've seen a couple of memes. I I, I uh, wrote down some that I could remember on the top of my head. There was one that I saw in a story on Instagram. This is not an attack on this person. I'm not even going to mention the name. I got love for this person. Uh, but uh, it was a very interesting meme. Uh, this meme was something along the lines of, again, I can't quite remember, but I kind of do. It was something along the lines of men having to uh, get forced vasectomies um, before having uh, sexual intercourse, if indeed they're not ready, prepared, um, financially, mentally, and whatever to obviously raise a child and do do right by that child, right? And then they went on to say something like, see, how do you like being forced to do something against your will or something like that? So obviously this meme is alluding to the fact that they feel forced that these particular group of people who are pro-choice in their ideology feel like that is being uh, having a woman being forced to give birth to children that apparently these children will have to suffer them because they give birth to those children. Something along that lines, right? She or the baby or the baby alone or she alone will have no choice but to suffer now and no one's going to care. And, you know, that's because we have this archaic rule that you need to force the child to be born, something of that nature, right? So I get that. It's kind of funny, you know? Obviously, I don't want to be forced to get a vasectomy. What the heck? <laughs> I don't want that. You know, I, and I get I get where they're coming from from that. But then let's take it a, a step further. And what I'm going to say is something I know that is not going to be liked, right? Because it's a little bit too black and white. And that's just kind of the world we're living in. But if you're going to say that, right, as a as an opposition, as a counter argument to you know the the pro lifers then we can take it a step further and say, then great, if you're not ready to then have this child and, you, and, and you're trying to use this analogy of that the man needs to get a vasectomy now and be forced to it, oh, you don't like that, so don't force me, then let's go even further. If you're not ready to truly have a child and to truly sacrifice what it takes to have that child, then don't have sex. Oh, man, that right there, that right there, that, that's just not... That doesn't ride. That doesn't fly. That's not cool, man. How dare you say that? You know, you're just being an idiot. You know, all that. But here, bear with me here. Just bear with me, okay? Sex, it has consequences. We've been taught this since we were kids. You have the reality that if you engage in sexual intercourse, you have the potential of actually bringing in an offspring. <laughs> it's just, that's, it's natural science. Uh, you don't even need science. Like, that's just what happens. We know that's what happens. That is an objective truth. You play with fire anytime you engage in sexual intercourse. So you better know who you're sleeping with and you better be prepared for that. Now, you may take the extra precaution of doing things like birth control, of making sure that your sexual partner is constantly wearing a condom, constantly making sure that they're not, you know, doing this, this, and that to avoid making sure that there will no will not be a you know conception or or whatnot. 
you can do all that. You can do all that. You can could, you could drink herbal teas. You can take your pills. You can make sure that nothing's going to happen so you can freely, willfully engage in sexual intercourse without the repercussions of finding out one day you're going to be pregnant. And it might work for a period of time. But at the end of the day, you know that those aren't 100% proof. They're not guarantees. They're not promises. They're not, they're not going to, it's not like, okay, once you do this, this, and this, you'll never get pregnant. We know that, right? So anytime, even with all those precautions, you decide to step into that and engage in that activity, you're playing a game with risk. You are. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And so you need to calculate what you're doing which we don't do anymore because we live in this culture based on passion, based on our flesh, our desire, me, me, me. I need to do what makes me happy, what makes me feel good, what's going to take me to the next level of ecstasy. Like me, 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 forget the consequences. We'll deal with that later. Right now, I got a flesh to, to feed. I got this desire to feed. This passion is wilding right now and I need to follow my passions, right? Just like the culture tells us to do. So that's what we need to really focus on here. It's like, if you re- like, cool, then don't have sex either. Stop, stop pretending like you're not going to have the consequence of potentially finding out you're going to have a baby. And to think that you can then all of a sudden say, oh, well, then, you know, I'm going to terminate this, abort it. It's just a clump of cells. Whatever words you use to try to justify the fact that you are murdering a life. A life in the womb. And and that's that's where that comes from, right? So that's why that argument in the meme, it just makes me laugh because it's like, okay, you can say that to me and I can say that to you, but then we just take it an even step further than don't have sex because you're playing the game too. You're taking that risk too. You're going to take that risk too. And then another part of that would be uh, something along the lines of, I saw a meme where... Uh, man shouldn't uh, make decisions about a woman's body. What's well, a couple things I got to say about that? When it goes back to Roe versus Wade, traditionally the 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 federal uh, government did not have say so over that. That's an overreach. That's a big government overreach. People are saying, why would the government have any say so about the Roe versus Wade? Why are they trying to overturn something like that? That is not their right. You know what? You're right. But that was also not their right when they issued a law making it federally legal. Because before, traditionally, it was all left to the states. Each state will make their own law based on that alone. And guess what? Guess what? Those court justices that that sided with those that are happy with Roe versus Wade now were all men. So it has nothing to do with men, does it? It doesn't have nothing to do with men because when the men sided with them, they loved that justice. They loved that judgment. There was no, no problem there, and they were all from men. So no problem with a man making a decision about a woman's body when it fits their narrative and their objective and their mission. But once it goes against their narrative, once it goes against their mission, once it goes against what they're trying to fight for, now there's a problem for man to have any say-so about a woman's body. Interesting. Very interesting. Not only that, though, I'm living in a time in the year 2022 where I was finding out that there was more than like one, uh, two genders. There's like a hundred at this point. But one of the things that I've learned was that a man can be a woman. Oh, and then men do get periods. Yeah, that's what I found out. 
So now, now we can't, uh, you know, we can't say nothing because this is a matter of a woman, though. And didn't we just get a Supreme Court justice that was just recently, uh, I think, sworn in, who, upon which she was being grilled uh, for her position, was asked what makes a woman, and she says, I don't know, I'm not a biologist. And suddenly, the left and everybody who sides with them and their sympathizers uh, apparently knows what a woman is now, now that there's a overturning, potentially, of Roe versus Wade. We all know what a woman is now. So I guess we don't need the biologists anymore. I don't know. I can't keep up. It is so hard to keep up with these things. So man can't make a decision about that whatsoever, right? And th- and my argument is that this is just another example of feminizing men and and silencing their masculine voice because it's toxic on taking a stand about something. Remember the God created man and woman, and 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 the man was meant to be a leader of a household. That that means there there comes from the leader decisions and 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 opinions and direction that is supposed to be viewed in in leadership. That doesn't mean that they're unequal, right? That doesn't mean that the man is better than the woman. That's not what I'm saying. Don't misunderstand that. But. That's why people are so afraid of the talk, uh, the toxic masculinity, as quote unquote they say, because of that that stern opinion and that that stern stance that that a man stands on, right? And it and it goes against the nerves so much and so loudly that it makes them frightened. So you know that stuff right there. And now, mind you, I'm seeing these memes from men, and I love y'all, man, I really do. But you sound like some some wimps, some simps, you know, just. Maybe you have a girl in mind that you know sides with this and you're really hoping she'll like you after that post. I don't know. Maybe you really do believe that, but it, it makes it makes no sense. It really doesn't. Because you have a part of of that baby making. You don't think it hurts you too to find out that maybe the girl that you're supposed to have a child with has decided that she wants to end the the pregnancy by killing the baby? And you have no say in that, right? These are the same men that know that the system is against men. <laughs> like again, there's no consistency. No consistency with that. But anyway, I go back to that whole argument about, you know, what makes uh, a woman a woman and, you know, they needed to be a biologist to figure that out and the men could be women and the men could get periods and and all that stuff. But now, now it's my body, my rules. And remember when every, when the government and, and corporate America was trying to force everyone to take a vaccine, wasn't weren't they the same people that were screaming around or supporting those screaming around my body, my rules? But when it came down to the vaccine, it wasn't your body and it wasn't your rules. You either took it or you lost your job. You lost your way of life. You couldn't shop in certain stores. You needed a passport to prove that you had it. See what I'm saying? There's so much loopholes in these arguments, it just doesn't add up to me. It doesn't add up. There's too much hip- hypocrisy behind the whole thing. And then another uh, meme I would see, something along the lines of uh, when the baby is born, no one will care for that child after it's born and who's going to be there to help. Listen, again, it goes back to the risks. You know, like, and uh, mind you, when my daughter was born, no one helped us. This was the decision that we made. But at the same time, people did help us. 
We have family for that. That's what the family unit is for. I can't tell you how many times my, both my daughter's grandmothers did something for her or the the grandfathers in my daughter's life and what they've done for her and in times of need or, or out of just love, out of just love, gifts from friends and families, birthdays. None of that was easy. A lot of the stuff I paid a lot of money for, but then the birthday was also like a return on investment because people who love my daughter, who had a care for her, then came around that time and supported. But I don't expect them to always be there. I don't expect them to raise my daughter for me. I don't. I definitely don't want the government to do that for me. And I'm not going to shy away from my responsibilities because I did the, the deed, but now I just don't want to deal with the consequences. That's weak. Don't we, don't we dislike men like that who leave and abandon their families? Well, that's what you get for with, with these laws like abortion where a woman can literally go to Planned Parenthood and then boom, you know, just terminate the pregnancy. That man is scot-free. He gets to do this thing over and over again with women he knows that will, will probably make the same decision again. And there's no accountability, no responsibility and we wonder why the family unit is so destroyed today. We wonder why marriages are crumbling and are not succeeding anymore. We wonder why our children are growing up with anger and nihilism, without a sense of purpose, not knowing what to do with their lives, but getting lost in drugs. I mean, the, the kids these days, they love drugs so much. But then we use that and say, you see, but look at these kids, look at them. They're so depressed. Why would I do that to that child? Let me just terminate this child. What happened to them was a, a failure in the family unit and the parents. That is such a, 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 a passing of the bucket sort of mentality. I, I find that egregious. Now, and then there was another meme I saw where there was a homeless man and saying, you know, they saved the life, but look at this life or something like that. And it's like, dude, apparently that, that homeless man has grown, made a lot of decisions on his own. You can't control that. So what, you're going to kill a child in the womb because it could potentially be homeless? Because it could potentially make decisions that led them to that? That, that, that makes no sense. That does not make sense. And it's a straw man uh, sort of argument. You don't know what made that person homeless. You cannot assume that if they would have just not lived, that it would have been better. You have no idea the hand of God or his providence. You have no idea the sovereignty of his God. Don't try to assume that you can truly understand what can happen if you decide to abort or let a child live on both sides of the factor, right? But at the end of the day, it's like, you know for a fact that you're not just aborting. You're not just ending a clump of cells, you are committing murder to a real life human being that is growing inside the womb. Just because it's in the womb doesn't mean it's not human. There are laws that if a woman got hit and was killed um, and while pregnant, that it would be considered a double homicide for the person who committed that crime. Double homicide because the courts recognized two humans that died, the mom and the baby that was in the womb. That is the reality of what we're talking about here. But we need to use words like clumps of cells and 
and uh, whatever else we use, abortion, and you know, we won't say murder. We'll just use, you know, talk about abortion, things of that nature. We need to use these words. We can help justify it, but you can't really run from it, right? Because you, at the end of the day, have to live with that. You have to live with it, and uh, that's when things get really hard. What does the Bible say about this, right? That's really what we want to know. What does Scripture say? Now, obviously, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly this: "Thou shalt not commit abortion," right? But we could deduce, which is being able to see that what, based on what scripture does teach, we can definitely tell what God would think about something like this, right? So let's look at Genesis chapter one, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So one, we are created by God. And not only are we created by God, but we are created in his image, in his likeness. And in that, he makes the distinction of man in two separate genders, male and female. So there goes that uh, non-binary argument that we got going on these days or the transgenderism or you know, what makes a man man and a, a female female. There's only male and there's only female. And I don't have to read that for you to know that there's only two genders that are going to pop out of the womb, and you're always looking forward to it, whether to find out that's a boy or a girl. I, I never heard anyone say, I don't know, I, I, in my, my, I don't know, maybe my child's pansexual. <laughs> you know, like, I've never heard that, okay? So that's one. But you see directly that God has created us in his image. Do you believe that he is okay with his image being murdered before it can actually fulfill the purpose God has destined for that image bearer. Can you do that? Now, then let's go fast forward into the Mosaic law. And check this out. In Exodus chapter 21, verse 22 through 23, when men strive together and hit a pregnant woman so that her children come out, so I guess this is such an impact to this mother that she had to go into forced labor, uh, but there is no harm. The one who hit her shall surely be fined. There's a penalty. You almost cause the death of this child. Thankfully, that child, there's there was no harm, but you know it was pretty traumatic. Uh, and your negligence, your actions, your whatever, it, it needs to be, there's consequences to it. You need to pay a fine. As the woman's husband shall impose on him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. But check this out, it continues to say, but if there is harm, then you shall pay life for life. They recognized, and by harm, you can clearly deduce that what the scriptures are saying is by harm, meaning the baby died. Or baby, maybe even the both mom and baby died, but for sure the child the, that was in the womb died. Then you pay with your life. For that life that you took, they recognize that child in the womb as life. That is life. And we know that to be true in our hearts deep down. Deep down. And the most uh, used uh, biblical passage that we could use today, but I, I, I mean, it's still profound and we should really sit down and really soak up. Psalms chapter 139, verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. 
Do you hear that? There is a detail there. There is a purpose there. Verse 14 goes on to read, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret, intricately intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Each life that is coming, and we know that is coming through pregnancy, they were fearfully and wonderfully made. They were made in secret. They had a purpose from the beginning of time. God knew and had destined. But in our wickedness, in our rebellion, in our turning away from God, in our evil hearts and wretchedness and total depravity, we commit these acts. Abortion isn't new. It's been around for millennia. That doesn't make it any less evil. It just proves the point that we are, as humans, fallen, totally depraved. Our sins have, have seared our conscience and has separated us from God and the truth that we know of God and what his word teaches. And that's the, that's the end of this all. My whole thing about this is have your opinions by all means, but I'm sharing mine. And I share it in love because it breaks my heart to, to think that there are people out there that are just more than willing to go along with something that we know is just, it's just evil and it's wicked. There's so much, so many babies that are being aborted, so many. And as a father of my three-year-old, I realize I don't know the future that my daughter's going to have. I don't know the decisions that she's going to have to face. I don't know the hardships that she's going to have to endure. I like to think that I'm a better, better father than even I had in my life. I have nothing against him, but he wasn't there for me. But I am for her. They, they could have you know, thought of many reasons why they should not have had me. But they let me live. And I've suffered things. I've had hardships. Life has not been sweet to me. And a lot of those reasons are based on my own decisions, my own failings and, and sins and trusting of self. I can't blame anybody else. My mom didn't really have help raising three kids, but she, she did it, and I'm so grateful for her. All these arguments that I hear about people that are, you know, wish that their mother aborted them. I've seen people talk about that, but they found purpose in, in that, and, and they're living. It's so, it's so ironic that the people that are so advocating for such things as this are the ones that, that their parents chose for them to live. We are faulty in our, in our thinking, in our reasoning, and it's because our minds and our conscience are seared. If indeed we are outside of Christ and we, we don't know the truth or we know the truth, we just completely drown it out with the love and pleasures of this world. Um, it's, a, it's a sad time, but it, it is what's to be expected, right? This is just a, a reminder of, of what, it, what it means to be in a world that rejects God, rejects his law and his standard. And it's only by grace alone that one could awaken from their darkness into seeing this sort of, uh, to see this light. So 
I and I share this just just because I have to, just because I, I I need to. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God intricately woven you in your mother's womb. You have a specific purpose. Now, please don't get this mis uh, mis uh, twisted. Your purpose isn't necessarily to be successful, healthy, and wealthy, right? Like these prosperity teachers like to go about it in the way that they go about it. Your purpose, you may not understand it. In the grand scheme of things, you, you may think it, it, it just doesn't, it was mediocre. Like it was just whatever, you know, like he, he worked hard, raised family. But you just don't know. The secret things are, of God, are, are they belong to him. They belong to him. When you think of stories like Joseph and what he had to endure, we view that story as if, you know, it's for us as like, okay, we're going to go through this so we can come out on top and become the second in command of, of, of a nation. And that's not really it. Because even in Joseph's story, he called the land that he was in, a second in command of that land, the land of his affliction. It wasn't his home. And, and that land that he was in was prestigious at that time. I mean, he had, and he was powerful. He had everything he could ever want. He had the quote-unquote American dream. And yet, he viewed his current situation as the land of affliction because he has a people and God has separated him. And that purpose wasn't so that he could be second in command, so that way that his family could be saved, so the promised seed could continue on for the ultimate purpose of God. <laughs> it's a grander scheme of things. We play small roles, and by grace, he, he calls us out of darkness and into his light to live in that grace, to live faithfully and humbly before him in Christ and in Christ alone. And, and he is our king, and we are in, we are in his kingdom. And as Christians, we need to speak the truth in the midst of darkness. We need to be that light in the midst of darkness. There is chaos, right? There's chaos. This is just another, another one of those. But in the midst of that, but in the midst of all of this, Christ has given us his word. He tells us how to think. He reminds us that we are with purpose here today. And if you are here today in 2022, especially in a, in, in a time where you probably think, my goodness, I don't even know if it's going to be legal to talk about Jesus in a year. You were destined for today. You were, you were purposed for this time. See, I, I, um, I'm reformed and I, I, you know, I adhere to reformed theology, Calvinism. I love the, the heroes of, of the faith, you know, Charles Spurgeon, Jonathan Edwards, uh, John Knox, you know, like these guys, you know, Leonard Ravenhill, Martin Lloyd-Jones, Paul Washer, who's still with us today, R.C. Sproul, the late R.C. Sproul, John MacArthur, all these individuals got love for them. But the ones that have passed, like the Jonathan Edwards, the Charles Spurgeons of our time, the John Calvins, they weren't born in 2022. So their purpose isn't for now. That was for then. We are here for this today, now. This is our purpose. And it may be as simple as being faithful to raising your family, to being excellent at work, and to sharing the gospel with those around you. It may not be extravagant. It may be pretty mediocre. But do it faithfully. 
Because in the grand scheme of things, your purpose serves God's ultimate purpose. And we live to the glory of God. So with all that being said, find that encouragement there. We are not living in a Christian world, but we are Christians in the world. And we have the truth. We have the light. We have the truth. And, and just stand firm in that. In love and in truth, share the gospel, preach the good news, do good, be excellent, be faithful. And remember, in the midst of chaos, Christ is there. God bless you.